0: Scott Cooper and this is the Tales from the Trail podcast. In this episode, Justin Chesham, head coach of Christopher Newport University men's soccer in Iowa, welcome Brian Plotkin, head coach of men's soccer at the United States Military Academy at West Point. Brian discusses the unique recruiting process and requirements to become a cadet and athlete at West Point. Coach Plotkin also describes a bit of the day-to-day cadets experience during their time as cadet athletes. Once you listen to the podcast, you'll understand why Coach Plotkin is with the Black Knights. If you're enjoying the podcast and find it valuable, please consider visiting buymeacoffee.com slash matchplay. These small donations collectively help offset costs and other expenses associated with production of the podcast, so I can continue to offer this service for free. Please take an extra minute to rate and review the podcast where you listen. This is a huge help. Share the podcast, with whomever you think would be interested and will help in their process. Check us out on social media as well. The links can be found at matchplayrecruit.com.
1: Brian, I read you're you're from Chicago. Uh, Are you, unfortunately, a Bears fan too?
2: (laughs) I am. Yeah. Yeah. Lifelong Bears. You know, it's fun. To, I think for my generation, the Cubs were the lovable losers. But I think for the generation behind me, the, the, that's the Bears now. You know, at least I got one Bears Super Bowl. I was I was only about four months old, but I, I did get one, right. so, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm a
1: fellow unfortunate Bears fan as well. Uh, there you go. It is. Uh, I'll tell you what, this is the most exciting and scary offseason. If I was Ryan Poles, I'd be like, what What do you what do you do no, you're going to no. be wrong according to 50% of the world with, with whatever <laughs> yeah.
2: decision you make. It's like, wow. No, you're, you're either. It's kind of like the, a little bit of the Mitch Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes thing all over again. Mm-hmm. Right. You're, you're going to, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm glad I'm not in his shoes.
1: Right. And the, the it's how did how do what do you think he was thinking when the whole stadium was cheering? We want fields at that last home game and we were yeah. winning the game and you're like, Oh, what do you do? And he's such a fun kid to root for. You know, I just true. It's love true, watching yeah. him play. You're Like, oh, do we do we let him go for this other guy? Oh,
2: mm-hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't want to
1: be him. Wouldn't no, want to be him.
2: No, me either. And you know, and then it's funny you're watching like Roquan Smith of the Raven like dominate. You know, <laughs> yeah. well, not dominate. You know, had a, had a hell of a season and up until yeah. that last game, but you know. Bears let him go for a couple second round draft picks and you're like, well, I yeah. don't know what we're really doing. So that might've
1: been his only bad poll. Cause we used that pick <laughs> on uh, the Claypool kid and yeah. that didn't work out too well for us. No, but that I one think. didn't, but yeah, well, it will be an exciting off season, but, um, yeah, anyways, that's a whole different world than our world. Uh, specifically mm. your world. I appreciate you being on. Yeah, uh, thanks for joining us. You already had practice this morning, man. That, that's, uh, that's pretty common in, uh, in our world. So, mm. but, uh, yeah thanks for joining us and um we want to jump into it we were talking a little bit beforehand uh you know a kid that I had coached went to went to West Point an awesome young man and uh you know we we loved him and uh he actually he stepped away which blew our minds because the kid you know it just it that would that was never in our wheelhouse that he wasn't going to finish his career and finish playing soccer but you know a place like west Point that's that actually makes sense with what he wanted to do he wanted to really focus and dive head first into everything else the school has to offer. And, uh, you know, at, at most places that means he's just going to be hanging out and partying a lot more and doing the football thing or whatever, but at your place, that's, that's different. Uh, you want to kind of tie that in, maybe talk about your kids a little bit and, you know, kick this thing off.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, we have a way of kind of describing when we're speaking to recruits early on in the process, where if, if being a, The top, top soccer player is a nine out of 10 and being a, you know, uh, receiving a great education and developing a unique set of leadership skills and serving your country is less than five. We're probably not a great fit for you, um, you know. And you know, it really does a good job early on of, of separating, you know, those that don't have the right mindset um, for what they're about to encounter. And you know, the player you're describing was someone that was a uh, in his second year here at West Point when I became the coach back in 2021, um, you know, and had just come off an injury and had been kind of you know, entertaining the idea of of walking away from soccer and really investing into his abilities as a cadet, a leader, and a future officer in the U.S. Army. And so it's, it's an interesting side of it where other programs, the transfer portal will become a little bit of a thing where guys will, you know, maybe they're not getting the minutes they want or the experience they want, and they'll transfer institutions or they'll step away and, you know, engage you in a little bit more social side. Uh, here, it's it's something that our guys really um, contemplate is, you know, do I want to spend this time becoming, you know, furthering myself as a cadet in order to be more prepared as an officer when I graduate? So, you know, credit to, to your player, he was one of the key leaders um, in, in the core Cadets, and, you Know is, has a really bright future ahead of him, and, and love seeing him around campus.
1: Yeah, he's an awesome young man. And uh, actually, I do want to talk about one other young man you have, and uh, it's a little different. We I think we used his name because he had he looked like he had an amazing career. I was like, let me check on this kid because we had him on campus, we loved him, we thought we were going to get him. And uh, one more thing I want to talk about soon is the prep school situation that you guys have. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ended up going to your prep school before coming to you. And I'm like, let me let me check on him, and then I see. Uh, John Ponce had himself a heck of a, you know, I I saw senior year stats and Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, what an amazing young man he was as well. And looks like he had a pretty good soccer career. Yeah, Uh, You you don't have to talk specifically about him, but what Mm -hmm. kind of what was his outlook after he finished up and, you know, what's he doing now?
2: Yeah. So again, uh, John was a, a senior, my first season, so, you know, credit to him. He, he took a new coach and, you know, w- was willing to listen and do some things a little bit differently. And, and, you know, fortunately for all of us, he had a, a pretty, uh, positive senior year. You know, I think he was a third team all Patriot league in that year. Um, if I remember correctly, but, uh, But yeah, wonderful young man, Um, you know, it has gone on now and really uniquely. So when you when you commission or you're in the army, there's actually an all army soccer team, you know, and you can go on and play. And essentially, when you're doing that, you're actually trying out in a way for like the all armed forces team. Uh, and then you go off, and you can actually compete against other nations' armed forces, soccer teams. Um, and so John's been really active in that, and you know has um, unfortunately just uh, a couple months ago, I think he suffered an ACL injury, so he's yeah. he's out for a little bit right now. But really? uh, you know, but but it was fun following him and a couple of our other guys that were in that class. Um, Carter Kovalevsky is another kid out of Pennsylvania that came here that that was playing in the All Army team as well. So it's one of the you know the things where you know it, can you you know, the the pathways are a little bit different, but you can always stay close to the game no matter what you're doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have such a unique situation there. Uh, I'm glad you kind of highlighted it a little bit, but I want to dive into your recruiting situation. It's it's night and day different than mine. You know, I get to go to ID camps and go to showcases. I'm like, oh, that kid's pretty good players. Got the grades. Let's reach out. You know, it's uh, uh kind of, how do you, why don't you just tell us, how do you start? I mean, it's it's nowhere near the same as mine or most of the guys that have been on this podcast. So kind of what is your, what's your niche? I mean, how do you find kids and identify them and, you know, what's, what's your daily routine in the recruiting process?
2: So this is the the most enjoyable part for me. I think um, when we, when I took this job, I had come from Notre Dame, I had come from Dartmouth, I came from Loyola, Chicago, like three really unique experiences and in all names where you know well enough known to to get in the conversation with with most players. And one of my big things was I'd love I wanted to continue that if I had the opportunity to coach at a school where the name would attract something, right? Some sort of connection. And for us, you know, here, we don't recruit much differently than I did there or, you know, than John did at Penn and Harvard and that, you know, Dan had done at Stony Brook and in Yukon. Um, you know, we, we really recruit the same way. The, the biggest difference comes, um, we do what we call West Point 101 as basically the second or third contact. Um, you know, it's a, it's a Zoom call that we do where we go through kind of the four aspects of West Point. So we talk about the academics, we talk about admissions, we talk about the, the military and the service component, and, you know, we conclude with the soccer. And so, um, you know, That part of it, we we really just try to educate early on, and and I'm hopeful that it it leads us to a place where in a turbulent time of college athletics with a lot of turnover and transfer, that we do a good job educating the guys on what this experience is and when they make the choice to join our program in this institution, that it is a a strong, strong belief that this is what they want to do. And so, you know, it it really isn't much different. We go out, we identify the players we think are the best for for the team we're trying to build, um, and then we recruit them. And, you know, sure, through the recruiting process, are there characteristics, are there little details and tells of whether they'll have success through this place or not hundred percent but you have that everywhere um, and so it's just identifying the ones here that are that are most you know applicable to what leads to success you know really more off the field on the field you know we're going to be able to coach them up and and we know what we're looking for but off the field it's finding the right character the right mentality the right you know set of disciplines to to go and be successful so i do think you know it's one of my favorite questions to answer because so many you know have this idea of it being one way um, but in reality, a lot of there, it's an overlap. You know, I always laugh when people are like, oh, he's a West Point, he, you know, he's a surefire West Point kid. And I'm like, I, I think there's a lot more of them out there than we naturally believe, just because so many of us have this idea of what it is uh, without the reality of of what it is.
0: How long did it take you to realize, like, to kind of understand what that, what it took to be successful there and and, you know, be able to handle everything that's demanded of them, and and really, you know, succeed.
2: Yeah, I'm still still learning. You know, it's almost like a, a constant, uh, you know, evolution uh, of of that. You know, I think. There are some kids you look at and, you know, you talk to them and you're like, they'll be fine. Right. You know, they dot their T's, they cross their I's already They're You you ask them for something, you know, in an email and they get it to you within you know 12 hours or you ask for it in a text and they're popping it right back to you. And those little indicators. Uh, but part of it, too, here you have to it's developmental, right? You, you know, it's a place that's going to produce the best outcomes of you if you're willing to lean into it. Right. And, and so just to, to kind of wipe it all with a big brush would be unfair. So I do think each, each individual's, you know, their own situation. Uh, And then just, you know, if it really does speak to them or, or, you know, sometimes you do, you're kind of on a gut. You're like, look, I know that some of this doesn't add up, but, but I believe we can get this one right. And so you go from there. So uh, it's constantly changing. It's, it's a fun part of our conversation in the office when we're talking about players as we're getting into, you know, the final phases of the recruiting process, but. Uh, but it's it, it's kind of the fun of it all. Right. You know, trying to, to you know, forecast these things out and hopefully that the the ones come come as is accurate to your hopes as possible.
1: Um, when it comes to uh, kids
2: reaching out, are they
1: do you find that they're reaching out to not just you, but, you know, also to the Naval Academy, also to the Air Force, Coast Guard, whatever Are they trying to like I'm trying to jump into a military academy to play as well. And uh, it's kind of a two part question. Do if that if that answer is yes and it's kind of a broad like, hey, I'm I am i would like to go to one of you four or five academies, mm-hmm. or and, and then do you also have like an ID camp that's military specific? Is that is that something am I off base here or is that is that something that happens?
2: You're not off base. No, uh, you know, there's certainly a, a, a section of players that are, are driven by soccer and service. Right. And and so with that, you know, those players will connect with, uh, you know, all five service academies. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, beyond that, you know, you'll, you know, you'll find them also applying to different, you know, some of the maritimes as well. And so you know there's always that overlap um you know and, and then you know it's funny it's the 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 kind of like the armed forces camp idea right um it's not something that we've pulled together but it's something since getting in here i i've thought would be a pretty unique situation or, or opportunity for a lot of players that maybe, you know, we do, we've got military bases all over the world. Right. And so with that, we also have military bases in some areas that aren't necessarily hubs of, of, of soccer communities. right? Right. And so, you know, the ability to have a little bit of an outreach and go connect with them where they are, I think would be something that we should probably look a little more seriously into doing. We haven't done it yet. Um, you know for me it was a little bit more let's let's learn the soccer and this side of it before investing a little bit more time into the camps but um sure. I, I think now um that's probably something we should look a little bit more actively into yeah,
1: my my dad was a marine and so i lived in some of those bases uh you know we lived in camp kinzer in okinawa and then uh, 29 palms and i'm glad i did that as a young kid because if i was a, a good soccer player in my high school days and i was there i wouldn't know how to be recruited i mean i, I don't know what the the soccer landscape could possibly be in 29 palms or how far I'd have to travel just to get on a good team. And, mm-hmm. uh, luckily enough, I was in Northern Virginia for, you know, Quantico for our final, final go there. So it was, uh, obviously a soccer hotbed up there, but I mean, where, where are you looking? I mean, are you looking at some super obscure places? Do you have maybe a story you could tell us like, wow, this kid came from this little town, but he's such a good player for us.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I've got the the tenure here to have that, you know, stories like that quite yet, but, you know, you do, you look around and, you know, I'm hopeful here a little bit. It might be, you never know, it could be an alum son or something like that. You know, we've got, right. you know, right now, um, you know, we have a, an alum son who's a colonel in the army, whose son is a, a junior uh, out of Oklahoma, you know, and so. You know that's one right now um, that you know is kind of working his way through it. But um, you know Germany is a place where there's a lot of servicemen and you know opportunities there. We've had some kids reach out and you know just you know one of the things our foreign tours coming up uh, in the spring of 25, and we're actually trying to debate whether we want to you know go over to England and make it a little more soccer intensive, or you know into Germany and, and kind of share the soccer and and service intensiveness, and so um, kind of share that a little bit to. You know, and I'm leaning towards the latter just because I think it's a little bit more the reality of, of who we are and, and what our guys are going to go do and see and give that experience. But, you know, in our class, you know, since I've been here, we place guys in Germany, we place guys in Hawaii, we place guys in, in Korea, um, you know, and, and, you know, I think since I've arrived, we've had, you know, we had eight, three. Uh, and we'll have, you know, I've just had two graduating classes so far and then we'll have eight more this year and, you know, they're figuring out where they're going at the end of this month. Their, their night they find out is February 28th. And so, um, you know, we'll go from there. So uh, a lot of opportunity. Um, and I think, you know, it, it's kind of fun too. We do, a, uh, we started it actually on the first Sunday of January and this Sunday will be the first Sunday in February. We're doing like an alumni hangout every Sunday night at seven, uh, on a team's call. And for this one, we actually uh, invited all the alums to come on and talk about their post, their first post, right? Because um, our our seniors will have that experience now at the end of the month and wanted to give them some valuable insight, maybe some, you know, some reviews on some different locations. Hey, you think about this? Hey, this seems neat, but that, because um, they will, they'll have a great opportunity to, to kind of set forth the next three to four years of their life here uh, at the end of the month.
1: That's a fantastic idea. I'm, I'm stealing that and putting that in the program <laughs> for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's such a unique place. Like the the pride that people feel graduating out of West Point or, or you know any service academy, but um, uh, West Point, which is older, West Point or the Naval Academy? I don't even know.
2: I, okay. I, we're we're like
0: 223 years old right now. I know that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, forever old. Um, so just like the pride of of. Uh, of coming from there. I mean, I'm sure that like the Esprit de corps is, is amazing. Like, so when you first stepped on the campus, even like for an interview, was that your first time coming, going to West Point and...
2: So sort of, so I, I grew up in Northern New Jersey for about, I shouldn't say grew up. I spent three years there when I was little, we had three third to third to sixth grade. Uh, and it was somewhat funny. My mom used to threaten us with discipline of, you know, if you don't behave, this is where you're going to go, you know? And so, um, uh, there's a, a fun picture of me and my siblings on the cannons at trophy point from, uh, back in like 1994, um, that we were looking at as I was interviewing, but, but after, you know, we kind of did it as a school field trip, that type of thing. But, you know, since that time, I hadn't been back. But it's, you yeah. know, again, like I mentioned earlier, it's a national thing, right? It's something everybody, it, it resonates in one way or another, whether you're a history buff or just you've heard about it or the Army-Navy football game. And so, you know, right. there is a sense of pride, even not having served or been a part of the military in any way. Now, just knowing I get to work with with cadets and, and that are going to go and be, be prominent people in our country's futures is a rewarding thing. Right. Yeah, I
0: was just going to like lead into, you know, their, their special um, specifically for your young men that you're working with. And um, you know, just talk about like taking that in and, and understanding that they're there for a bigger reason. And, you know, just times that you've kind of been wowed by them as as people and and you know what you when you kind of realize what they're capable of and and that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, what I love is they are passionate about their country, they are passionate about their development, they're passionate about their academics, but they're in, still incredibly passionate about their soccer, right? They are still, you know, at this point, as a cadet, they're still like soccer players at heart, right? It's still their first love and it may be their future. It may not be that that's kind of what we transition them through a little bit here. Um, but they, they are so passionate about their soccer. It's fun to see them. You know, the days are, you know, quite structured here, right? Um, you know, you're up every morning around 6, 6.15. You know, you've got morning formation. You're into breakfast for, you know, 7. You're at first class for 7.40. And then the day begins, um, you know, and from that there's there is downtime. In between class periods, but you're studying, you're seeking out additional help. You're, you know, you're sneaking, you know, maybe a, a an academic, you know, meeting in there. And then what's neat here at West Point, we've got what's called MacArthur time. Uh, General MacArthur um, established it as the superintendent here. It's a block of time from three to six in the afternoon, roughly, where everyone here has to do something athletic every day. So, you know, there's, you know, what would be other schools called intramural athletics, there's, you know, here it's called companies, you're within your smaller teams. Uh, But you go and everybody does something athletic in that period of time, then it's dinner and then the evening study period. Uh, but what I love is our guys find time to to do more, right? Whether it be, you know, spending time within their little company unit in the barracks or getting out on the field and doing something or getting some sprint work in or a little bit of an extra weightlifting session. You know, they just find this idea that they can do, you know, their capacity to do hard things is greater than most others, right? And And one of my favorite points for them, and this is kind of to answer the question fully, is when our first year students go home for the first time at Christmas break, they are pretty tired, right? They've come here and you know, you know, through the month of July, did basic training and kicked right off into our preseason. Gone through a season, and then when that ends, the intensity of school only ramps up because we're right into finals, right? And so it, it's a it's a fatiguing period at the end. But then they go home and they're excited to be around their families. They're excited to be around their friends. Uh, and when we bring them back, we're like, how was that? You know, and we just finished these meetings last week with all of them. And, you know, they're like, it was interesting. Like, I'm certainly a different person than when I left. Right. I, I'm a better communicator. I think differently. You know, my family like made all these comments about how this and that. And and I just think you don't get that at other places. Right. It's an intentional part of the development here. And, and it's a culmination when you do that for four years um, and you're constantly, Seeking out the more challenging, you know, path in different ways, and you have people around here truly holding you accountable to high, the highest of standards. You're you're going to become and grow into a, a very close version of your best, and, and I think like that's that's what I love to see. And and then these guys do right. So you know when they're doing their you know project day as a senior and they're presenting how them and a teammate and another couple guys you know we're sending rockets up into suborbit and, and different things like that you're like yeah i get it now you know because not only is that never been something they've been told they can't do but they've always been like well why can't i do that right you know if not now when and, and go from there and so uh there are there's so many little stories like that that go through here um you know but uh it, it is it's it, it's a rewarding place overall for for all
1: yeah that's extremely impressive. Um, we were just talking a little bit, I kind of threw it in there talking about the young man, John and, um, going back to the recruiting, tell me how important that the prep school is and what that looks like for you guys. Uh, I'm assuming all the, the academies have this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what does that look like? I mean, I feel like you have a lot of kids that go through there first before you get them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let talk about that for a second.
2: Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a, a mix. So it, it, it's one where, well, if there is a, So there are certain injuries, right, where, you know, if you can't complete the basic training portion of, of, of your, your plebe year here, you, you're you not able to, to start. So you can go into the prep school, or if there's an academic question, you can go into the prep school or a physical development question, you can go to the prep school. So there's any number of reasons that, that you may attend the prep school. And then there, you know, really it is, it, it, it's a year to prepare you for West Point, whether that be, you know, the discipline, the academics, the, the standards, the expectations. Uh, and then when you transition over to what they call kind of down the hill, um, you know, you're a little bit, you you have a little bit more firsthand experience in the expectations. And so, you know, it's one, oddly enough, in our first year in 2021, we had, um, we didn't have any players come in from the prep school. Uh, This past season, uh, we had, um, sorry, in our first year, we we didn't have any. We currently have two that are plebes right now. We'll have one next year. Um, so it's not a, a, you know, I think for some of the other sports where, you know, the progression maybe in the recruiting process is very fast or that they are the highest level of sport in their country, you know, for wrestling, lacrosse. Um, for our football program, the, the prep school is maybe a little bit more prominent just because it's a under the year of physical development in those sports. Um, but for us, it, it, it's a valuable asset if we need someone to have one more year of development.
1: That's uh, it's interesting. We've talked about this a little bit with what you have going on before they check in for soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would imagine that uh, once they get in there and you can finally start coaching, you don't have to worry about the fitness side of things like uh, a lot <laughs> of
2: programs do. You'd be surprised. You know, you do have to fight. There is the military fit and then there's soccer fit, right? So it's, we've yeah. got to be, we've got to, you know, make sure they're not so worried about, you know, beach workouts at times and a little bit more on the the single leg and, you know, some of the agility stuff.
1: So we, uh, you know, we have ROTC here and I've had a few young men want to go through that and uh, I love it. I support it. And uh, our ROTC is very supportive of us. We kind of we kind of alternate semesters. They still have the responsibilities in the fall, but they know that they're getting a lot of their fitness and a lot of their workout through being soccer players. And then I kind of flip it, and I I cater to whatever ROTC wants out of them in the spring. So what is that? What's the relationship? I mean, you know that you, you're very demanding. You you have to be in order to be successful in the Division One world for soccer. But so is your school, and so uh, I'm a, I'm imagining you're very deliberate about it as a university and your your as the academy and you're, you're very talkative when it comes to this stuff. You guys are making sure you're on top of everything. What does that look like, uh, the relationship between the school and the soccer?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I guess the word would be like synonymous and harmonious, I guess. You know, we, we they need them to be fit and we need them to be fit, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are different, you know, like I mentioned, there's different types. So, for instance, in a, you know, there's PE classes here at West Point. You take them every year. Right. And, and, you know, you've got to take kind of two sections. And for our guys, they don't do them in the fall because we're in season. So they do them both in the spring when we're in our non-competitive season. Uh, and so, you know, right now our plebes are in, you know, boxing. Uh, our sophomores are in, you know, military movement um, and you know, then as you get into years three and four, it's a little bit different. You know, our seniors right now are in what's called lifestyle sports. So they're, they're learning to golf or play ultimate frisbee. So it's different phases of it like that. But, um, You know, really, it's, you know, there's a standard of physical expectation. Before every semester starts, you have to take an ACFT, like a a cadet fitness test. Uh, And, you know, there's an expectation of score that you receive. And fortunately, our athletes, you know, are able to meet that without too much strain. Uh, But then there's a, you know, an indoor obstacle course that's, you know, pretty notorious around here. And, our juniors and a couple of our seniors actually it was last night I went and watched it about 4:30 and it's it's fun to watch because you do you've got you know there's no difference in their minds now other than a little maybe time between male and female cadets between a A 280 pound football lineman that's trying to be as agile as a 140 pound men's soccer player, right? And so watching them go through these difficult things where they're using all sorts of strength, whether it be, you know, the ability to climb up onto a shelf, a story up, or to be agile enough to to kind of. You know, move through the foot ladders, or or to climb a rope up, and then you know to test your endurance with kind of a, a at the end like a, a almost a mile run, carrying whether you're carrying a med ball or, or trying to sprint to make time. So um, they, there's a lot of overlap, and I think it all runs under this theme of like accountability and competitiveness right you're always you know being held to a standard and then you're trying to compete with the others around you and i think that's that's in the end when when that's your life and you grow up around it for four consecutive years here it, it does just prepare you whether that be fitness or academics or military or sport or you know um, you know learning how to bring people around you with you as
3: well right and so i think it is uh, it, it all comes together it's just such a special special thing Yeah, for sure. You want cheese? Um, uh, I, I've got a few notes here. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just going to ask about, um, you know, what what the recruiting process is specifically like. Um, in so far as, you know, there's there's mutual interest. Um, and and so how does a for people who are unaware of how that whole process works, mm-hmm. you know, maybe just kind of go through how it starts and yeah it ultimately ends up with you
2: yeah so most times it'll identify or it'll begin with some sort of identification whether it be an email from them where we watch the video and reply um, or whether we're out at an event or a game and you know and we'll connect with them from there Um, typically then you know we'll ask for just an idea of where their academics are um, you know, kind of see what, you know, whether they've taken an ACT or an SAT test, yet we're still one of the schools that does require it. Um, and so from that, typically, you know, get a sense, even if it's in a good place, we'll set up, you know, our West Point 101 call. Um, where we go through here's what everything is um, you know it, and it's me doing it it's about you know 45 minutes long I go through it with all of them i try and answer as many questions as they have and and oftentimes the questions they have are answered through it and by the end they're like oh, okay i have a little you know i have a better understanding of this and we then leave it in their hands for a few days um, and then usually John or Dan or Chris will will reach out to them now and just be like hey what do you think is this something you want to you know pursue a little bit more and Oddly enough, we do have a good return rate if we do West Point 101. And so from that, then we start to gather a little more information. There's some medical pieces to it. We educate them on like kind of the entirety of the admissions process here from, you know, the medical to the the nominations and, and whatnot. And, and it's a very much a guided process and one we feel really comfortable knowing and, and working our way through with everybody. Uh, And then, you know, it culminates with either, you know, if they're local, we might bring them up for an unofficial visit for a day before bringing them back for an official visit. Uh, Or we do. We're like, you know, look, as you get nearer to a decision, we want to bring you out, you know, and our visits are typically pretty, pretty, you know identical, um, where we, we they need to sleep in the in, in the dorms. They need to go through a, at least a morning, like two meals with, with the guys. And then, you know, we'll usually take them for the afternoon of the day until practice uh, and show them around and have them meet with some of our different resources or the different people at West Point. Uh, and then we put them back with the guys, um, uh, you know, as soon as we can after that, because I genuinely think the biggest thing that is a, a belief amongst like 16 and 17 year olds about our our players is that they're these like rigid, you know, always uh, disciplined, you know, constantly serious, you know, people. And, and the truth is they're 18 to 22 year olds, you know, and, and with that, they, they love to laugh, they get on each other, they're, they'll play, you know, their games, they love to everything that every other 18 to 22 year old can do. The difference is our guys just can turn it on when they need to academically. Right. And and that's not who they are at all times. Right. And so, you know, once the you know, they're sitting up in our team room or, you know, they're at a meal and they're laughing or they're talking about music or, you know, FIFA, their ultimate team, whatever it might be, you know, all the all of a sudden those preconceived ideas uh, break down. And, and now they're like, wait, that they're just like me. Right. And and then they're just like me, but they're doing all these things. And. And next thing you know, the kid, you know, goes back and is like, no, this is I, I can see myself doing this. And, you know, that that's the outcome we love the most. And and I think it's a real truth of what they'll experience here. We're not we're not putting, you know, rose colored glasses on anything. You know, if anything, I don't talk about when and we're really deliberate. We tell them we're honest. We're going to show you what this is, because when you're here, everything's based in trust. You know, you have to trust us when we recruit you that we're telling you what this experience really is, and then when you're here, you have to be able to trust us when you're struggling or working through things, and that can only work if if we both feel a good connection throughout it all. And so, uh, that's what we hope to achieve, and and that's what you know we're seeing with our group of players right now.
1: Yeah, it's uh, such an interesting thing you just mentioned about how these kids, while they're special and they're they're going through this amazing uh, situation at at, the, at your place, they're still they're still. 18 to 22 year old young men, and they still have uh, video games and they, they play. And it's, it's funny, uh, Langley Air Force Base right around the corner from our house. And uh, I'll take my kids over to the air shows. And uh, I've had buddies that work there that'll mm-hmm. kind of let me go see some of the airplanes and stuff. And the last time I was there, I was taking my five-year-old. He was looking in the jets and uh, we were going through one of, the, one of the buildings where all the work is going. Like, this is where this goes, this, all of this super nice, like, well, this is where they, oh, this is also our bar. Like it's just this big open area. This is where, like, hey, every Friday, as soon as we clock out, the entire units in here, we are just, we're letting off some steam. We're just having some beers. We're telling lies, you know. Like we'll alternate who's the bartender for the day. There's like a video game station over there, and they've got the flight simulator. I mean, they're just like, they're just totally. Oh wow, this sounds amazing! It's just the coolest part of the tour. And I'm like, eh. he goes, yeah, every every week, this is the best place to be. Friday at five o'clock, this is. No, we're, we're all here, you know, and, uh, yeah, yeah. some of us need help getting back to our, uh, to our barracks, but, uh, you know, we get there. We're all, we take care of each other.
2: No, absolutely. And our team room's right above my office. Like the, their floor is my ceiling. And so there, there's times when I can hear them having, you know, their, you know, uh, one day I actually went up and I'm like, what are you guys doing? And it was just two guys were in like a week golf competition and the whole team was in there cheering them on. So you that's know, awesome. They, they find their moments for sure, but, but it's not during academic hours. Right. So, right.
1: Now, uh, when it comes to recruiting, does your do you get to start before the rest of the country? The academies get like a head start on uh, when you can contact, and I, I feel like I need is that is that right? Is your timeline different?
2: So it it used to be, Uh, but then when they backed everything up to June 15th, it kind of took that away. When it was August 1st, we could always do July 1st. Um, So for soccer, it's not as big of a thing for our lacrosse programs. It's, it's a, it's an awesome advantage that they get because they do, they get 31 days more, you know, before anybody else can do anything. So um, for us, not as much, but for some other sports for sure. Gotcha. Okay. If I remember
1: correctly, um, the young man that played for me, I mean, I think he got a phone call at 1201. And I'm like, are you the first kid in the country to commit? I mean, that was just because he committed on the spot. He was like, I'm going if they that's call, where I'm was going. Team. And,
3: nice.
1: uh, you know, and there was, you know, where Chris Norris is a good friend of ours that uh, he's like, man, I I couldn't have called you for another month, you know? So it was just, <laughs> I, I knew your time was a little different.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, you got one, cheese. Well, I was going to ask you, you, you'd mentioned the Army Navy game, the mm-hmm. football
2: game. Do you go to
1: those? Do you get the yeah. opportunity?
2: I went to my first one this, this past winter. Yeah. So it typically overlaps with, um, the, like the MLS next event. Uh, but this year the dates shifted. So we were able to make it out there. And so, uh, my wife's from the Boston area. So we went up, um, her brother or sorry, her brother-in-law and her father, we took, uh, the four of us went. So it was my first one. And uh, I, I think everybody should go to at least one in their lives. It's, it's an incredible thing.
1: I couldn't agree more at, uh, I think I was 11, maybe 12 years, 10, 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, like I said, my dad was a marine, and so um, that was just something. Because I'm taking my sons, and so me and my little brother, my dad went to an army navy game. We had a couple other uh, military families that we joined. We actually sat on the like basically the stadium's divided in half, mm-hmm. and uh, we sat where the the navy you know crew was sitting, mm-hmm. and I was looking across, and it, it basically felt like I was actually on army side because it was just a sea of gray, and. I don't know what the arm chant was or the arm movement was, but it was like a wave of hand <laughs> movement. And it was, I mean, I was barely watching the game. I was just so enthralled just watching that. I was so impressed. And it was such a cool experience. I mean, it's the, I've been to a bunch of different sporting events. That is by far the greatest sporting event I've ever been to. And like I said, I may have watched half the game. I was just so, <laughs> just so engulfed in everything. We were at the, let's the old Philadelphia stadium call before the the link came in. That's yeah. where they did a lot of the games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. the vet, mm-hmm. And so, um, that was that was, we were in that stadium and it was just an amazing, amazing experience. I still kind of get goosebumps thinking about that it was 30 years ago for me mm-hmm. and it was still just such an amazing experience.
2: Yeah. And it's cool. Now we've got, you know, our own version in a way with army Navy cup. So we play it in the Philadelphia union's home stadium every oh, year. Um, you know, it's, I think this was the 12th season of it. Um, and you know, the, the smallest attendance that's been at the game is about 8,000, um, the biggest right around 14 or 15. So, um, it, it, it's, it, it's a really neat thing. The city of Philadelphia, the Philadelphia union, Lidos, like the all of them do a wonderful job of promoting and putting it on. And, you know, they, they host both teams for a dinner the night before. And, you know, it, it, it's a thing that, uh, you know, not too many college teams, you know, get to experience. I know youth players now get to play in those stadiums a little more often than than I did growing up. But, um, but you know, you go out there and you know the, the, they've got the anthem and the you know they do the flyover and the jumpers and what you know our, our guys love the experience and uh, and I love it for them.
3: Yeah, shifting
1: gears a little bit here. Uh, I mean, you had yourself, you know, a heck of a career and uh, you, you played at some pretty good levels. Actually, I saw you were a Carolina RailHawk uh did you play with i got a couple names for you did you play with david stokes or Uh, i did not
3: David. yeah
2: i knew he was he was a great player carolina back in the day yeah yeah we were high school classmates and uh how
1: about uh john o'hara or uh, chris mcclellan do you know those guys
2: i don't i don't i think they might have beat me by a little bit well they were goalkeepers so
1: you know uh, they're friends (laughs) of mine so i I give them a little bit of our time you know yeah yeah, just goalies but uh well i mean do you mind kind of talking about how you grew up with your process and what it looked like then maybe even tie it into what it looks like today and how different it is. And uh, maybe give us your timeline.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I did, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. Um, I grew up playing for a club called the soccers. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's been a, it's still around today doing a great job. Um, uh, in the coach you know coaches that I had are still the main coaches in the club you've got uh, you know wow. David Richardson and, and Brett Hall kind of still doing most of the the older teams in the club and so it's always fun to see them at the different events now from from this side of it um, and call them about players that we're recruiting and so on and so forth Um, yeah but then you know where it's different now like uh, you know the August 1st was of your senior year for phone calls and you know, got, began getting recruited then and, and, you know, took a couple, you know, took majority of the visits in September um, and, and ended up um, going to Indiana. Um, so, when, you know, kind of got in there, um, was able to play for uh, for Jerry Igley for his final two seasons and then Mike Frottag for his first two seasons. And, you know, was fortunate enough and, you know, kind of year two with Coach Yeggs and year one with Coach Fry uh, to win national championships with, um, you know, just blessed to be around great, great people, great teams, great coaches, um, you know, went on, was fortunate enough to, to play with uh, the Chicago Fire and Columbus crew for a little bit and then the Carolina Railhawks. Um, then, you know, kind of the whole time though, like from my time in Indiana, I, I knew college coaching was really what I had a passion to go and do. I think, you know, just the impact, you know, Jerry had and Coach Fry and, you know, Todd and Caleb and Sean and, gif and those guys like I was just like that'd be what a what a neat thing to do one day um and so you know uh once my career ended playing I, I got straight into coaching uh, Loyola Chicago for three seasons with Neil Jones um who's now the coach at Wisconsin um then went on to, to Dartmouth with Chad Riley for two seasons before moving with him when he got the Notre Dame job and, and coached with him for for four seasons at Notre Dame um, and, and then came out here to um, uh, to, to West Point. So uh, a lot of, you know, I genuinely think, I don't know, it's, it's you know, some people are like, you've had a great career, and I genuinely just look around at the people I've been around, and I'm like, I think I'm more of the passenger in it all, you know, even at the youth level to play for David and Brett and then play for Jerry, be on teams with, you know, guys that played in World Cups while I was at Indiana or had 10, 15-year MLS careers. Um, right. You know, even then at the pro level with the fires, you know, Chris Armish, Jeff or Jim Curtin, you know, CJ Brown, you know, guys who are your coaches in the league now. And and then get into, once you get into the college, or Martin Rennie, who was in MLS for a while at the Railhawks. And then, you know, beyond that, then just once you, I got it, you know, to, to work for Neil and then work for Chad, I, I've just been really fortunate in that way. And so, you know, now try to just in from my position, you know, help develop my assistants in the way those guys helped develop me and, you know, try to help our players become the best they can be like so many of those guys did myself. And so, you know, just really fortunate and blessed to have been in the places I've been at the times I was. That's
3: amazing. Yeah. So what were those guys as your mentors? What were some of the, the lessons that you kind of think back? And so, yeah, that, I mean, that came from Jerry Agley or, or you mm-hmm. know, one of the other you know, mentors along the way that, that yeah. especially applied to yeah. hmm
2: Yeah. And it's fun. Like, you know, you look back and it's, you know, I talk about it because it's, you know, so much of this can be emotional and so much of it can be intentional. Right. And so with that, you know, this combination, I talk about it a little bit like this fiery competitiveness of Indiana always kind of simmers. I almost say it's like a little bit in my blood. Uh, but then, you know, the college piece being very developmental, you know, being very, you know, purposeful educator type, um, you know, I take that from Neil and Chad and, and talk often now about how, like, you know, I'm hoping to kind of blend those two, right? Like Chad played at Notre Dame for Bobby Clark, you know, coach for Bobby Clark for a while went off and and has had an impressive, you know, I think in, in 10 years as head coach, he's, you know, one, six league championships and, you know, been in two final fours and, you know, you know, just I don't know, he said so much success that, that everything there is, is a, you know, he's so talented as a, as a leader and as a coach and just being able to steal some things there, but really just that, you know, combination a little bit of this Bobby Clark kind of tree method of, of educating and developing and, and, you know, how to really teach with a bit of the Indiana, you know, just, you know, you know, what makes an Indiana soccer player and, you know, the, just the competitive, you know, X, that, that kind of oozes out of that place and trying to marry them a little bit, right? And, and bring these two, you know, it's almost a little bit of like the Atlantic and Pacific ocean, right? When they meet, the waters don't look the same, but, but it's all in, you know, it's all still an ocean. And so we try and put it together in a way here at West Point that, that we can try to emulate a little bit of the successes of, of those two programs.
3: Yeah, there's so many of you Indiana guys, I mean, you're not even the first I think Alexi won, Alexi Coral, he won two national championships as well. So mm-hmm. it's pretty crazy yeah. that we've had two multiple national title winners <laughs> on, on here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredible the legacy that that program has, has put out. And, um, you know, it's great that you're, you're kind of paying it forward and, and helping the next generation. You know. cool yeah no it's
2: fun it is and you know i think what i what's enjoyable too from all of it is you know wrote kevin Robson's one of my closest friends now and you know it's it's fun chatting to him at times because i think you know, he's in that space as is an, he's at an associate head coach role there for a while. And, you know, they've been so successful. And, you know, as he kind of, you know, gauges the different job opportunities that come around, like now being in this position, being able to speak to him about those thoughts and, and different ideas. And so it is, it's fun to, you know, he and I competed against each other in high school when we were, you know, I was on the soccers and he was on Scott Gallagher. And, you know, we were the kind of the gatekeeper to them going and playing, in, you know, the, the bigger games they were hoping for. And then we go to Indiana and we're there together, you know, and as we've gone now we're growing as coaches together so it's it's just fun to to have these lifelong friendships rooted in something so you know where you you know you really did kind of figure out who you were together and grow into the people
3: you've become right um yeah i'll close it out with one thing get back to recruiting a little bit um how does a kid kind of prepare him, him or herself to um, come into that environment and and you know what you see is maybe a common thread among the players and cadets that you're around that that are that are common to all of them that that are there and and experiencing success.
2: Yeah, I think the the simplicity you're not going to do it alone. You know, it's it's much like a team sport there. Um, you're going to need the people around you you're going to need your teammates just like your teammates are going to need you right and and to expect to come in here and, and have it all figured out and not make mistakes you know we we really try to get like guys know it's you know you're you're gonna make mistakes you're going to you know have some things where you feel bad but just know that's normal it's part of the process and so you know just knowing now the people here at West Point are what make this place special right it, it's you know you come here and it's historic you feel it you look around you see all the buildings, you know, but does, it doesn't scream new to you, right? It's not like this, you know, marvelous new architecture is being constructed, right? You know, it, it, what what makes this place so much better than, you know, obviously biased, but, but many, many others is just the quality of the people that are here. And, and the true purpose behind all of them, they know, is just to develop the cadets, right? It's not, you know, we joke around a little bit. Our classes are small. They're, you know, rarely more than 20 people. All of the professors in there teach. There's no teacher's assistants. There's no grad assistants. They are there only to teach. Uh, and we joke around often if, you know, at other schools, those professors are distracted with research or publishing or tenure and all those things. Here, are your professors, they want to, they care about you, right? Here, our academic advisor works just with men's soccer and women's basketball right here our, our sports psychologist is out at our practices at 7:30 in the morning yesterday in our off season making sure that that we're being taken care of and i just think there's a level of care here that, that 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 supports our cadets and so you know we we do a good job of through the recruiting process teaching our our recruits and our our incoming guys about that uh and then really reinforcing it while they're here to use the resources that are here. You know, I think one of my favorite stories was uh, my very first road trip. We went, um, we had an away game um, and the night before we're traveling and it's Friday night. We play Saturday. And a bunch of the guys are are on headphones and they've got their computers up and they're talking. And I'm, I'm like, man, I wonder, are they all like in a group project or something? And I kind of walk around and three of the guys are on with professors at, you know, 830 at night on a Friday, right? Getting additional instruction about some stuff we're working on. So, you know, when I say those people are willing to do a little bit more, I, I, you know, that that's the truth of it. And, and I love for, I love to be at a place where, you know, with all of the changes going on in college athletics right now, this is still like kind of in the core where we're developing these people to go, yeah, we use sport and we want to make it the best. And, you know, do we want to turn this place into a top 25 soccer program? A hundred percent. But in the end, you know, th- this is still the root of what college athletics I think should be right. It's about developing the people, you know, getting them, teaching them to work through hard at, you know, harder things and teaching them what they're capable of and, and really growing them into the people they can become. And so, you know, here it's done because the people here are, are, are all passionate about helping. The cadets, and and I think
3: that's why our, our outcomes in terms of future successes are so great. Yeah, that's cool. Um, one one thing that came to mind was, uh, you know, there's kind of this mental health thing at the forefront of, uh, you know, as of late, and um, mm-hmm. you know, in general, talk about how that's dealt with there, and you know, you know, this kind of suck it up culture that that can be present in the military, and and um, mm-hmm how you know obviously you, you have to be acutely aware of what the state is of your players and, and um, how do you help how, what's the what's the structure or the, the infrastructure to, to help them and that sort of thing?
2: Yeah, so it's an area this place takes incredible, incredibly seriously, but also provides the resources. So, you know, we've got our own sports psychologist that works with our team that'll, you know, one of the things we do in January is every guy on the team has to meet with her at least once. Uh, And then from that, you know, if they continue to see her, that's their choice. But, but again, just showing here's the resources you have, right? Overall the the counseling and wellness program at West Point's ranked in the top five in the country. Um I think I think most recently it was put at number four by I think US News World Reporter, Princeton View. I don't remember which one, but you know, there are three separate entities at West Point, all in different ways um, that are there to set that are set up to help with cadet mental health. Um, and so it's, you know, some of it is done peer at the peer level. Some of it is done, you know, through professional psychologists. Right. And then some is done through the military side, too. And so it's it exists in many different phases. Um, you know, none of them are, you know, impactful on your Army career. Um, you know, it, which I think is a, a huge thing. I think a lot of people, there's that stigma again of, you know, if I use these resources, I'm going to be labeled or some, you know, and they've done a wonderful job here of making it. No, these are, this is like a, this is for your best. This is to produce you as your best. Right. And, and if these are the resources you need to use, then use them in abundance. Uh, and so, you know, really love that. And I think the best way I describe it to our guys, our sports psychologist, I meet with her probably once every two weeks. You know, and and I, you know, I sit down and I talk to her about some of the things that are going on in my head about leading this program, about. You know different things, whether they be frustrations with West Point or or joys of West Point, right? But but I think the best way for my team to know that there's value in it is to see the people that are giving them guidance using them as well. And so you know West Point is is wonderful with that. And so you know I I think you know we're going to continue to push the mental health side of it, right? And and all of that now is resources, you know, that I've spoke of. But then there is there's the emphasis on sleep, on diet, right? A little bit on you know meditation and mindfulness and in those as well that can help alleviate some of those things. There's, you know, relationships like true relationships, right? Instead of just feeling like you're, you're in a group, it's like, no, these are people that care about me and I care about them and, and building them in those ways as well. And so, you know, I think there are, that idea of, you know, the, the, the suck it up, you know, type of thing, you know, I think that was common, not only in the military, but across the world, you know, across all of of the society for a while. And, you know, I think what I love seeing here is, you know, as that is changing uh, and hopefully has changed in a lot of ways, um, you know, even here, the military, where it might be the last sense of of that not being the case, it's clearly
3: changing here too. So I feel really good about that. Yeah. I mean, in a way you're, you're, you're developing the, the people who are going to drive the culture of the future army. Mm-hmm. Right. So yes. it's, kind of, kind of cool to see that that's part of the, of the fabric of how they're, they're going to lead and that sort of thing. So that's great. Um, are we leaving anything on the table that you need to, uh, that would be interesting to get out there and, and useful?
2: Not really. Just, you know, I think for any recruit out there, just do your homework, right? Everybody's got their ideas on what things are. And then, you know, we I joke around with our guys often. There is, you know, the, the perception of what things are is, let's just say here, the reality of them are, are you're sorry, the perception, you know, best case scenario, worst case scenario, and the truth usually somewhere in the middle. And so, you know, even, you know, I think for recruits with West Point, what you envision is probably not true, right? Uh, it, it's probably somewhere in the middle, right? And so just just working your way through that. But it's the same elsewhere, right? Whether you think you're going to step on to, to Clemson and be a day one starter on the national champions, I don't know, you know, but are you going to be a guy that doesn't play a minute? We'll find out, right? And, and go from there. But but believe in yourself, you know, trust yourself and, and make a decision that your gut's behind and your family supports you and then you'll be good to go.
1: No, just where are you going next? Where's your next, uh, recruiting trip?
2: So I'm here kind of working with the group the next few weeks, but, um, John, Dan, and Chris are headed down to Florida tomorrow. So they'll go get some warm weather and then, uh, the weekend after that, I think in Delaware for a couple of days. Uh, you know, before then, going back down to Florida at the end of the month for uh, one of the, uh, I think this weekend's E C N L and I think at the end of the month it's the NAL or something like that, um or NAC, yeah. I forget exactly, but yeah, it's a busy, you know, busy three four be three four weeks for us.
3: Yeah, perfect. Well, Brian, I can't thank you enough. um it's- it's been a privilege to have you on and uh, thank you so much for being generous with your time and, and uh, sharing what it's like to be a West Point guy.
2: Oh, appreciate you guys reaching out and, and, you know, spending the time with me. So thank you guys.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Brian. Very impressive. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Tales from the Trail podcast by Matchplay. If you're enjoying the podcast and find it valuable, please consider visiting buymeatcoffeecom slash matchplay. These small donations collectively help offset costs and other expenses associated with production of the podcast so I can continue to offer this service for free. Please take an extra minute to rate and review the podcast where you listen. This is a huge help. Share the podcast with whomever you think would be interested and will help in their process. Check us out on matchplayrecruit.com for our social media links. See you on the trail.